This is Admission Granted, brought to you by Upstate Medical University Admissions. And in this series, we are discussing the ins and outs of applying to and entering the field of medicine. You're here with John Cody and my fellow first-year medical student and co-host Andrea Price for our first episode in what will be a series of discussions about how to be successful when applying to graduate programs in the field of medicine. I'm so happy we finally have the chance to talk about this. Yeah, because I feel like as an undergraduate student, there weren't a lot of resources available to guide me throughout applying to, in my case, medical school and navigating the application process, especially in my early years in college. So the goal of this series is to provide students with episodes specifically geared towards some of the most important aspects of the process, ranging from the decision to pursue medicine all the way through getting into a medical graduate program. We worked with the admissions department at Upstate Medical University to give our listeners a straightforward, easy way to access all the key information when it comes to applying to graduate school. With each episode tailor-made towards a specific part of the process, you can pick and choose episodes based on wherever you are in your journey. In this first episode, we will be introducing what we call the six keys to unlocking your medical school acceptance and discussing how to decide whether or not pursuing a career in medicine is right for you. All right, so before we get started, let's just talk a little bit about how our first year at Upstate's been going. John, why don't you start us off? It's definitely been an adjustment from undergrad, having to adjust to the course load and the workload, but I feel like I'm learning a ton, and I'm really excited to be doing this podcast because I feel like I learned a lot throughout the application process, and I know it can be confusing, overwhelming, and daunting sometimes at first, but I'm hoping that we're able to make it a little bit easier for students to be able to understand what's expected of them and navigate their way through the application process. So how about you, Andrea? Why don't you tell us how your first year has been going? Yeah, it's been great. I've truly enjoyed uh, the coursework, and it's been fun learning all the different clinical skills. Like you said, I'm just excited to jump right into this. And speaking of our podcast, why don't we just jump into our first topic here? So you want to talk about the six keys then? Yeah, let's lay this out. So we want to talk about the six most important things that we think are going to help you get into medical school or get into that medical graduate program. Now, if you do all of these six things, you are going to be the most competitive applicant possible, and it's going to significantly improve your chances of getting into that medical school or getting into that graduate program in the medical field of your choice. So let's get right into them. Number one is your GPA and coursework. Number two is the MCAT or any other standardized test for your medical graduate program. Number three is research. Number four is volunteering, shadowing, and extracurriculars. Number five is the actual application itself. So for medical school, that's AMCAS. That goes along with the essays and whatever other supplemental tests. And number six is the timing, making sure that all of these keys are done at the right time in the right order and as early as possible. It's so important. And I want to emphasize how important it is to do all of these things. So many students fail to hit all six keys, but as long as you plan ahead, it's really not that challenging to do. Our goal is to make you the most competitive applicant you can possibly be. And if you can nail the important aspects of each key, I guarantee you, you will stand out in any application pool and significantly improve your chances of getting that acceptance. So we are going to be talking about these six keys, going into depth on one of these six keys per episode. But before we get into that, why medicine? We want you to start thinking, why is medicine right for you? So John, tell us what made you interested in medicine. When I was in high school, I had a lot of uh, sports injuries 
I had fractured a couple bones, fractured my back. So I was always in and out of an orthopedist's office. And I kind of got to know him pretty well. And I felt like we established a really good relationship. And I really appreciated the way that he was able to comfort me in those times, especially being a high school student. I thought these season-ending injuries were, you know, the end of the world at the time. And to someone who is going through something like that, just to have a doctor there to make you feel just a little bit more comfortable, reassure you, really meant a lot to me. And I really got inspired by the way that he made me feel so comforted and, and optimistic. I wanted to be able to do that in the future to to others and, and have that same kind of relationship. So I think that's really what kind of piqued my interest going into college. And once I got to college, I decided I wanted to just take a bio class just to see if I would continue to like the coursework. And I just kind of fell in love with my science classes. And I still really wanted to help people and really found that to be my, my real driving force. So uh, I kept going with it and kept loving it as each step of the process progressed. What about yourself, Andrea? How about, how about you? In high school, I enjoyed my science classes the most. Uh, I loved bio and I loved chemistry. Um, but I think what truly what really got me interested in the field of medicine and pursuing that was the fact that when I was a freshman in high school, uh, one of my family members was diagnosed with a neurodegenerative disorder. And I just remember at that time, I just felt so helpless and I didn't know how to help that person. And I just wish there was something more I could do. And I just throughout high school and just feeling so helpless, I, I knew that I wanted to enter the field of medicine. I, I truly looked up to uh, doctors during that time and what they could do to help um, that family member. And I just wanted to be just like them and could see myself helping others like that in the future. Absolutely. I think it really comes from a drive to want to help others. So something I briefly wanted to discuss now, and it's part of one of our six keys that we'll discuss in a later episode, but I want to talk a little bit about how volunteering can really help you solidify whether or not medicine is something that you're interested in. Because I feel like for me, when I first got involved in volunteering, which was my sophomore year in college, it really gave me an idea of whether or not I was going to be interested in medicine. And for me, I fell in love with it. I really loved being able to help people, experiencing what it was like to be on a hospital floor, you know, getting involved in helping people firsthand is something that really made a difference for me and really helped my decision making. And it's something that I would recommend to get involved in as early as possible. As soon as you really start to think that medicine might be something you're interested in, you know, going back, I would have done it in high school. I would have started as early as possible. Not only is it going to help you understand whether or not medicine is right for you, but it's also going to help you uh, in your application process as well. So it's definitely something to think about. And that would be one of my biggest recommendations as well to start to figure out whether or not it's something you're interested in. So let's let's jump right into our first key here, which is GPA and your coursework. So it's no secret that the GPA is an extremely important aspect of any application process. But what's equally as important is your course load and taking the courses in the right order and taking them at the right time for you. And I think each school has, is going to have a little bit of a different time frame for what they recommend that you take at which time. So it's important to, to reach out to not only your guidance counselor or your pre-health advisor, but also maybe some peer advisors that are going to be able to help you kind of better navigate that. And I think 
really the first thing that you can do is just head on over to the Association of American Medical Colleges website. So if you Google AAMC student, it's going to come up with a student page. And there's tons of different tabs all throughout that, one of them being applying to medical school. And this can apply for whatever your prospective program is. doesn't matter. It could be medicine. could be if you're looking for a different graduate program in the, in the medical field, go to their respective website, and it'll tell you exactly what the courses you need to take are, what the core competencies that you're going to need in order to apply to that program. And the best way to make sure that you are taking the correct pre-health, pre-med courses is to meet with your pre-health advisor and do so early on. I, I truly believe that the earlier you meet with your specific pre-health advisor, the better off you are because A, you can build that rapport with him or her and um, start that relationship early. And B, you just want to make sure you're not falling behind in any of your courses. And uh, personally, for myself, I was a pre-health student advisor. And I know that I personally could offer a lot towards students going through the process that were a few years younger than me. So I would recommend also reaching out to if you have any student pre-health advisors in your college, just because they can help you with, you know, what are some of the better classes to take here or there or what worked well for them, what didn't work for them. Yeah. And I think what's really important is really just getting the courses that you need at the right time. And so meeting with your pre-health advisor or a, a peer tutor, somebody who's going to be able to tell you, you know, if you're interested in pre-med or if you're interested in pre-health, these are the courses that you need to take in this order, basically, really. And going along with something that you mentioned earlier about establishing rapport with your pre-health advisor, that's really important because they're going to be the one who writes your committee letter, which is something we're going to get into in a later episode. But it's basically a letter of recommendation from your school's administration on your behalf that you're going to need from that pre-health advisor, whoever the head of the pre-medical advisor committee is, is the person who's going to be writing that for you. So it's important to start meeting with them regularly. I would meet with them once a semester starting my freshman year. And that way they can give you good advice on all the things you need to know about your coursework and whatnot. And you also get to know the person. And so when you end up meeting with them your senior year for your committee letter interview, they're going to know you really well. And it's going to make that a lot easier, a lot less pressure, and it's going to benefit both parties. The other thing I wanted to bring up regarding the student peer advisors is that they're going to be able to tell you a lot about the coursework that sometimes even the administration won't be able to tell you. So they'll be able to give you the inside scoop on what teachers to take it with, what type of study methods they prefer. There's going to be a lot of information that they'll be able to tell you that you definitely would want to ask about and, and have that information. So they're definitely a valuable tool, especially in choosing the right professor at what time. Those, those are things that are definitely going to help you moving forward. And knowing that information from a student can give you a lot of really good information before you even take the course. So it's definitely something I recommend doing. The other important thing regarding your coursework is as soon as you realize that science and medicine is something that you're interested in and want to pursue, you want to start taking science courses. You want to take the basic pre-medical courses, the core courses, for example, bio or chem. Take one of those if you can your freshman year at the very minimum. And that'll let you know if science is something that really engages you. Because maybe you take a science course your freshman year and you find out that you really don't like science courses. So I think it's really important to, you know, for my freshman year, I took bio. All I did was take bio. And uh, I felt like that really gave me a good experience into what the science courses were going to be like throughout college. And, you know, I really loved it. And you could find out that you don't like it. And then it might steer you in a different direction. So I would recommend definitely at least taking a science class your freshman year. 
And not only just that, but also get involved in some other things. You know, your, your early years in college are really meant to explore all your different options. And if you know you're interested in medicine, I would definitely recommend taking some science courses. But use that time to also take some other courses. Not only is it going to help you decide what you want, but medical schools are really looking for well-rounded applicants. And they're going to want to see that you're interested in other things besides science and besides medicine. And so pursuing those other avenues are only going to help you really in, in the end. Why don't we get into the prerequisite courses that you definitely have to take before applying to medical school? Each medical school has different requirements, so if you have questions, be sure to look on their websites directly, but also um, talk to your pre-health advisors. The core courses you definitely need, I'm going to list out for you. Those are two semesters of intro biology, intro chemistry, intro physics, as well as organic chemistry. And with each of these courses, you need to take a lab. You also need one semester of Calculus 1, one semester of Statistics, which can also be supplemented by Psych Stats, one semester of Biochemistry, and two semesters of English. It's also recommended that you take a semester of Intro Psychology and Sociology because those are some concepts that are going to appear on the MCAT. However, those aren't required, so you definitely don't have to take them, but I would recommend at least taking Psychology because it's going to help you when you're taking the MCAT. Another thing that you want to be aware of is using AP credits to count towards the prerequisite courses. So some schools will allow you to use AP credit to fulfill a semester of, let's say, the bio requirement. And then instead, they want you to take an upper level biology course. So you can, for example, take one semester of intro bio one, and then you can use the AP credit for your second semester and instead take an upper level biology course. And that will satisfy the two semesters of intro biology requirement. However, I would advise against this. Some medical schools are going to require you to take a full year of introductory biology and they won't allow AP credit. So if you want to keep all of your options open, I would recommend taking the full year of college level biology regardless of AP courses. And that goes for any course that you're going to have AP credit for if it's one of the prerequisite courses for medical school. The other thing that you want to be aware of regarding the labs is that sometimes they can be taken pass fail and sometimes not. It depends on the institution that you're enrolled in. So you're going to want to check with your pre-health advisor or uh, peer advisor and figure out whether or not your school is required to take those lab courses associated with intro biology, intro chemistry, intro organic chemistry. You're going to want to figure out whether those courses can be taken for credit or whether they have to be graded. But for most of your prerequisite courses that aren't labs, you're going to want to take all of those for a letter grade. The other thing I wanted to talk about is the English requirement. I really loved my English classes, and I ended up taking them my freshman and sophomore year. But when it came time to apply later in college, I felt a little bit awkward reaching back out to my English professors to ask them for letters of recommendation, because something you're going to want to keep in mind is that you are going to need one letter of recommendation from a humanities or English professor. So when it came time to reach back out to them, I felt like there was a little bit of a disconnect and awkwardness because I hadn't taken their class for so long. So if you find a humanities professor that you really connect with, I would recommend reaching out to them after you take the course, even if it's your freshman or sophomore year, and tell them a little bit about why you're interested in medicine and ask them to write you a letter of recommendation and hold on to it. That way, when they're writing the letter of recommendation, they're going to have a lot to talk about. And when you reach back out later, it'll be very easy for them to be able to send that in for you. I also want to talk about when you should be taking these courses and at what time and what year. There's really no right way to go about doing this. And you can take your courses in any order at any time, but it's really going to depend on whether or not you want to take a gap year, when you plan on taking your MCAT, 
And because there's so many different strategies and there's so many different iterations of what you can take at what time, I think it might be useful to just kind of run through the courses that we took and at what time, just briefly. That way you guys can get an idea of something that worked. Andrea, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you took and at what time? Sure. So I took my intro bio courses my freshman year of college, as well as my intro chemistry courses. Okay. So you took those at the same time your freshman year? No, I good point. I actually did not. So I took my intro chemistry courses throughout my freshman year. However, I took my intro biology courses over the summer at my core institution. Yeah. I had a lot of friends who took biology and chemistry their freshman year. I think a lot of people who think that they want to go straight to medical school think that they have to take biology and chemistry their freshman year, but that's not necessarily the case. Uh, What I decided to do was I took biology my freshman year with lab, and then I didn't take any other prerequisite courses my freshman year. But my sophomore year, I took intro chemistry and I took physics my sophomore year as well. So I kind of switched because what's recommended is you take physics your junior year for my school, but I ended up just switching and taking physics my sophomore year and taking it with chemistry. That way, my freshman year, I was giving myself a little bit of time to acclimate to college, and I didn't feel as overwhelmed taking two core science courses. So after taking chemistry my freshman year and biology over the summer, for my sophomore year, I took organic chemistry as well as statistics. And then for my junior year, I took physics, and I took biochem biochemistry the first semester and decided to take that extra time over the winter break and the second semester of my junior year to really just focus on the MCAT. So you took your MCAT your junior year that way you applied your senior year? Yes that's correct. I took my MCAT late spring of my junior year and then applied and went straight through to med school without taking a gap year. So just to reiterate a little bit about the courses that I took. My freshman year, I took intro biology with lab, two semesters. I also took intro calculus, calc one. I took that the first semester of my freshman year because I felt like it was going to be the most fresh in my head coming right out of taking calculus in high school. And I would definitely recommend doing that. And then I took statistics my second semester of freshman year. I also took one of my English courses my freshman year, which I really enjoyed. My sophomore year, I took my second English course. And I took intro chemistry with lab, and I took intro physics with lab. At that point, I still didn't know whether I wanted to take a gap year or not. So my junior year, I ended up taking organic chemistry for both semesters. I took biochemistry, and I took organic chemistry lab. That way, if I wanted to take the MCAT at the end of my junior year, I would have taken most of the courses that I needed to still be able to do that. However, I decided that I didn't want to take my MCAT while taking all those vigorous courses, so I ended up taking my MCAT my senior year and taking one gap year. So I had the summer after I graduated to be able to collect myself and apply to medical school at that time instead of doing it during school. You brought up a great point there talking about your gap year because it's important to consider whether or not you want to take some time off after college before med school or your graduate school of choice. Yeah, you can also take... Up to, you know, two, three. I mean, some people take a ton of time off, but after Yeah, there's no limit. Yeah, because that's really going to affect when you take your courses in undergrad too, because if you decide you want to take a gap year, you can spread out some of those, you know, pre-core courses. Mm -hmm. But if you aren't, then you need to take those in more of a concentrated amount of time because you're going to have to also take the MCAT and all of that basically and start applying your senior year in college. So... I took my four years of college courses and then went straight into medical school with no gap year. However, John, I know you took one gap year. Can you talk a little bit about that and why and how you decided to take one gap year? 
Yeah, I could have taken my courses in time to be able to take the MCAT my junior year and then apply my senior year and go straight through, which is actually, I came into college thinking that that was what I was going to do. I I knew that I wanted to go to medical school, so I didn't want to basically take any time off. I wanted to just kind of get there as soon as possible. But when I was going through school, I kind of realized that for me to have taken the MCAT my junior year, it would have meant that I would have had to take it before I finished. In my case, it was organic chemistry and I had taken physics actually. So it was just organic chemistry that I wouldn't have been able to finish before I took it. And that was such a huge part as well as biochem. I had only just taken biochem. So I kind of wanted a little bit of extra time for me. It came down to when I was going to take the MCAT. And so for me, it made more sense to take a gap year, but my school, I went to a liberal arts school, a very small liberal arts school. And there was not a lot of pressure to do all my coursework early on and everybody kind of had their own path. And it was very common for people to take gap years. Most of my friends took two gap years, not just not, I was actually one of my only people I knew that was only taking one. Most people took two that I knew. So for me, it just came down to when I was going to take the MCAT and I really enjoyed my time off for my gap year too. I, I worked as a scribe in an emergency department and I felt like it gave me a lot of really good experience. I started to learn how to take notes and uh, I got a lot of really good experience that I think also helped me when I was applying as well and gave me a little bit of a break between, you know, going right from school to school. So I actually really enjoyed it, but it's something that you definitely want to think about because medical school or any type of graduate school really in the in the sciences or, or medical fields is a lot of time and it's a, a lot of money and resources. So it's something that you definitely want to think about. Yeah, and I I had a different experience. Um, I truly enjoyed my summer off before medical school, but for me, I knew all along throughout college that I wanted to enter med school directly after college. And um, I like to keep myself busy, and that was just my goal. And I always told myself, though, along the way, if I decided to take a gap year, that was fine. I could still take my MCAT end of my junior year like I had planned and then my score would have been good for a few years so if I had decided to take a gap year no big deal but for me I did not and I just want to jump back to our topic of coursework because another direction you could take for your pre-med pre-health courses would be summer courses Um, I know that for myself during my freshman year of college I did not want to overload myself taking both intro bio, intro chem, research, and my music courses that I was taking. So I decided to take my intro bio course over the summer. However, on that note, if you decide to do that, it's it's just important to remember to take it at your core institution, your college that you are attending. And if you can't, just take it at another four-year accredited university. I also just wanted to say that some people may think that taking a gap year or two or three or however many years is a bad thing and what could hurt your application. And I just wanted to say that that's definitely not true. And it can actually provide a lot of valuable insight and make your application even stronger, depending on your experiences, gives you a little bit of time off, gives you a bit to recharge, and it can actually be a very positive thing. So taking gap years is definitely not a bad thing. You don't have to do it by any means, um, but it's something that you definitely want to think about and that you want to take a lot of time and careful consideration over. And that definitely involves meeting with your health advisors, talking to friends, family, really figuring out what's right for the individual. And let's say you feel like you might not be the most competitive applicant. You can take a gap year or two and use that time to your advantage. For example, you can 
work more in the healthcare field as a scribe, do more volunteering, shadowing, even research, and just use that time to your advantage to help make yourself that much more of a competitive applicant. Yeah, I think taking time off after college can really actually benefit some people and can make their application much more competitive, gives them some work experience, shows that they have some skills in the real world and in the medical community that will be able to add to their application and aid them throughout their medical career. So I think it's definitely something to consider, something that's definitely not a bad thing and definitely depends on the individual and should be something that should be considered. All right, so the last thing we wanted to talk to you about today is the GPA. It's a huge part of our first key, GPA and coursework, and it might seem a little bit self-explanatory to just get good grades, but we wanted to break this down for you a little bit. So the national average for matriculated medical students in 2018 to 2019, the overall GPA was a 372. The non-science GPA was a 38, and the science GPA was a 365. In my opinion, shooting for around a 37, right at that average range, is going to make you a competitive applicant. Now, I also wanted to reassure you that if you were below a 3.7, it's not the end of the world. I know people that have gotten in with 3.5s or even lower than that. There's so many other things that can strengthen your application. And if you follow all of these six keys, even if one part isn't the strongest, that's okay because you can make up for it in other ways. For example, if your GPA isn't the best, maybe you can spend a lot of time and work really hard to get a great MCAT score. Or you can volunteer, get involved in research get involved in a lot of other extracurricular activities that'll show your dedication to medicine in other ways that your GPA might not reflect. So it's not the end of the world. But shooting for around a 3.7 is a great goal to have set when thinking about applying to medical school. So in this episode, we went over a little bit about how to know if medicine is right for you, and we talked about our first key, the GPA and course requirements. In the next episode, we're going to be talking about our second key, which is taking the MCAT. We'll talk about when you should be taking it, how to prep for it, what's going to be on the test, the best study strategies, and everything else that you're going to need to know to be successful when taking the MCAT. So thank you so much for listening, and good luck out there. Until next time on Admission Granted.